Over the Thanksgiving holiday, we hosted our family for two days, and my five-year-old niece was with us. And we don't get to see her an awful lot, so she was really excited to be around us, not so much with me, but with my two boys, Brennan and Lawson. And she was excited because she wanted to play with them. She didn't want to eat anything. She just wanted to play. Now, my kids have a lot of toys to play with, and that should excite any child who comes over to the house. But she was not interested in playing with any of their toys. All she wanted to do was play Todd Hide and Seek. And so for two days, that's all they did. They ran around our house like crazy people, hiding and seeking. And none of them would give up until they found the other two. Now, I've never seen those boys so tired before. She, this five-year-old, my niece, wore them completely out. Now, we've all played hide and seek before, But the truth is that this children's game is really a theological gem. As I mentioned to you last Sunday, all of Scripture, the story of Scripture from beginning to ending, is a story about seeking and being found. Sometimes, many of us believe that God is hiding from us. But the truth is, is most often we are the ones who are hiding from God. And so as we began this sermon series, so today we begin where we left off. If God, if Emmanuel finds us first, then what are we then to do? You see, God has a tendency to get our attention through extraordinary circumstances at times. We saw this last week when we talked about Moses and God encounters him from a burning bush and speaks to him and calls him to go back to Egypt to lead his people. We saw this when we looked at the birth narrative last week from Luke's gospel as well. The angelic announcement in which the shepherds on this calm, dark night hear the announcement of the Savior's birth. And today, today we also find this in Matthew's account of the story of Magi from the east who traveled to Jerusalem to find the one born King of the Jews. The Magi are also known as wise men. They were stargazers who respond to this strange star that they find shining above Jerusalem. And while they are important to this story, they only speak once. But their question is central to why they have arrived. They ask of those in Jerusalem, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. These travelers were scholars of the stars who more than likely traveled from Persia or Babylonia to Jerusalem. It wasn't a short travel. They studied the movement of the stars and their gazing led them to search for a child who had been born to the Jews. Yet to the Jewish people, these men were outsiders. They were idolaters, those who looked at their zodiacs for the meaning of life rather rather than to the wisdom of God found in the Torah and the law. These Gentiles were perceived the same way that most Orthodox Christians today view those who are into New Age spirituality. Nonetheless, God's wide mercy is displayed in bringing these Gentile outsiders, noblemen, from far away to worship the King of the Jews. 
Now, Luke's account is different from Matthew's, for he speaks of Jewish insiders who find Jesus. However, both of these stories speak of outsiders, of those who were least likely to find the Messiah. For Luke's account speaks of peasant shepherds who were considered blue-collar, roughneck guys who were not highly regarded based on their profession. And so in both stories, we find that God takes initiative to reveal himself to ordinary people in extraordinary ways. But the star, the star only leads the Magi to Jerusalem, and so they must ask for help to find the child. Surely those in Jerusalem are aware of what's taken place, but no one seems to have an answer. And so the word finally gets to King Herod, who was disturbed by their request. Disturbed because he was given the title King of the Jews. And now someone else is trying to lay claim to his rule. So Herod calls forth the chief priest and the teachers of the law to inquire where the Messiah was to be born. And so they share Micah's prediction of Bethlehem which just happens to be in the backyard of Jerusalem. Now, while the star guides the Magi to Jerusalem, Scripture must guide them to Bethlehem. They have to go and inquire of those who possess the Scriptures to get an answer to their question. And yet the ones who know where the Messiah is to be born seem completely oblivious to the star that has led these Magi to Jerusalem in the first place. Isn't it ironic? Don't you think? Ironic? No. Providential? Yes. You see, God uses creation, the stars that they intently studied, to lead them to Scripture, which in turn leads them to the Christ. After they had heard the king, they went on their way. And the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. The star doesn't reappear until they have sought the revelation found in the scrolls of God's word. Furthermore, the magi are secretly summoned by Herod. And they're told this, go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. Now Herod has an opportunity to go along with them to find the Messiah. But he chooses to stay behind and let them do all of the work. Now you have to understand the Jews have been waiting centuries for the Messiah to arrive. And now that he has arrived... Herod has no interest in seeking the Messiah himself. And he's oblivious to this star that's led the Magi to Jerusalem and its reappearance leading them to this house in Bethlehem. You know, it kind of reminds me of a scene in a movie called Bruce Almighty in which Jim Carrey, uh, played by Bruce in the movie, is a news reporter, and he gets fired, and everything in his life seems to be going wrong. And so, as a good, devout Catholic, he wants to seek God, and so he has his rosary, and he begins to ask God to show himself to him. And so, in this particular scene, Bruce is driving down the road, and he's praying intently to God for God to show him a sign. 
Why don't we take a look? Okay, God. You want me to talk to you? Talk back. Tell me what's going on. What should I do? Give me a signal. Please send me a sign. Oh, what's this Joker doing now? Okay. All right. I'll try it your way. All right. Lord, I need a miracle. I'm desperate. I need your help, Lord. Please. Reach into my life. Uh, what the heck? asks for a sign, God gives him a truckload of them. But Bruce remains blinded that God is responding in that moment, and his lack of awareness distracts him from following the signs that are right there in front of his face. You see, likewise, Herod not only has the Magi visit with him, explaining what their mission is all about, But also, he has confirmation from the scriptures right in front of him and the opportunity to go and to find Emmanuel for himself. But instead, he chooses to ignore the signs. God's revelation right there in front of him. And the ones who have possession of the divine truth in their very hands completely miss the arrival of the Savior. The ones for whom the Messiah comes to deliver seem apathetic to the possibility of the declaration of the prophets that has finally arrived right there in their backyard. These Gentiles, the Magi, they've traveled a long journey to behold the coming of the king, and yet Herod, the chief priest and the teachers of the law, refused to walk just a few miles to rule it out. In our story, both pagans and Jews hear the words of Micah read, and only the pagans choose to believe it and search. John's words ring true. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. You see, during the season of Advent, we often see restaurants or business signs offering season's greetings to those who pass by. We see signs that say Merry Christmas or Happy Holidays or Jesus is the reason for the season. Every year while I'm driving along the road, I always see one particular sign somewhere up with a particular business. And it reads like this, Wise Men Still Seek Him. Now, it's not gender inclusive, but it is a true statement. You see, it's true. Wise men seek the Christ child, while those who should be doing so refuse to move. 
What's both ironic and disturbing is that the insiders miss Jesus altogether. They refuse to seek him, even after they've heard and read the scriptures. They remain fixed on their day-to-day task, unfazed by what God is doing right there among them. They remain clueless to the star, clueless to the Magi's visit, and clueless to God's presence in the next town. Now, technically, all of us are Gentiles by birth. Gentiles who profess Christ as Lord. We are called Christians. We are Christ's ones, those who are called to seek and follow in Jesus' ways. We have God's divine truth. We have the Bible, the good book. It's easily accessible for us. In fact, many of us probably have multiple copies of this sitting right here in our home. And in this digital age, it is not hard for us to have a Bible near or with us because our smartphones can access one at any time, no matter where we are. But so often I find that we can act just like Herod, can't we? I mean, rather than reading the Word of God for ourselves, rather than seeking God's guidance, His divine revelation to us, we prefer that someone else would go and find the answers for us, to go and find Jesus for us, and then come back and tell us what we need to know. Yet even when they do, we refuse to do anything about it. Sometimes, like Bruce, we pray to God, asking God for a sign. Lord, reveal yourself to us. But the truth is, is that God doesn't have to reveal himself to us through a star in the sky. He doesn't have to speak to us from a burning bush. He doesn't really have to prove any proof of his existence with us. He's already given us a sign. He's already given us his divine word so that we can find him. Scripture is God's special revelation. It's his divine star pointing us to see God. But, but God goes even above and beyond that. Entering our world, taking on human flesh to show us the way, the truth, and the life in Jesus. God comes to ordinary people through the extraordinary means of the incarnation. You see, God's greatest epiphany, his revelation, is not just the star that led the Magi on their journey. It's the child Jesus, Emmanuel, in which they truly sought. The Magi do not worship the star. They bow down and worship the king. And like a game of hide-and-seek, they are not satisfied until they find him, until they worship him, until they give of themselves and serve him. And even in their departure, the Magi continue to seek God's will by listening to their dream to travel home by another route. You see, today... I think that we can learn a lesson from both the insiders and the outsiders. The wise men paid attention to what God was doing in the universe, seeing his brilliant star above them, and they were willing to be guided by it. And their persistence to follow the star by faith led them to the wise men of Jerusalem who had all the right answers concerning the whereabouts of this child. And yet the wisest men were not the ones with all the right answers. 
but the ones who listened to God's word and followed it to behold the king of the Jews, the Messiah, the Christ, Emmanuel, God with us. While it's true that God seeks us and finds us first, we are called to respond to God's grace by seeking him in return. And seeking Emmanuel is a daily journey of faith. Like the chief priest and the teachers of the law, we can know all the right answers and still remain unmoved in our efforts to seek God. Even today, we do not even have to look far because God has come to us in Jesus the Christ and we have direct access to God's revelation through his word. The simple truth is that we've already been given more than the Magi began with. But if you really want God to show you the way, if you really want God to speak to you and to lead you, then I want to encourage you to do more than just ask. Jesus instructs us in his Sermon on the Mount saying, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Jesus encourages not just to ask, but also to seek and knock. That's what the Magi did. And in doing so, they were directly led to the Christ child. You see, God longs to reveal himself to us and to lead us in all of his ways. We just have to be willing to be led, willing to take initiative, and willing to follow his lead. I find that the prophet Jeremiah echoes Jesus' very words. He shares God's promise to the people of Israel who were cut off from God because of their disobedience They found themselves in pagan exile away from their homeland and the Babylonians had destroyed God's temple, leaving them little hope that God could be found. If the promise of God's presence is not that God is confined to a building or to one specific place, God can be found anywhere and everywhere. And so Jeremiah reminds them and also of us saying this, You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. I want you to know something. This is God's promise to us, to insiders and to outsiders alike. You see, God isn't hiding from us. Every single day he is giving us signs of his presence. And every day his word is ready and available to open our eyes to see him. Whoever desires and whoever is willing and whoever seeks him with all their heart, they will indeed find God. My prayer for all of us is that we will choose to be wise men and wise women who seek Emmanuel, God with us. He's already here. He's right here. We will do that each and every day. And in doing so, God promises you will find him. Friends, may we do so this day, this Advent season, and forevermore. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.